How are we doing today, my lovely listeners? Whether your answer is good, bad, or maybe somewhere in between, I pray that these next few minutes provide a respite for your soul as we talk about the hard spaces. My name is Brenna, and today I'm joined by my dear friend Kelly, and we are chatting about marriage today. So let's get started. All right, everybody, we are in for a treat this morning. I am joined by one of my good friends and co-worker. We work together at one of the nonprofits that I work for, um, Kelly Daniel. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, so, so excited to have you. I've known Kelly for almost a year now. Um, I started working at um, the nonprofit in October of 2020. And um, yeah, we're coming up on the fall already, so about a month in and she's just such a uh just been such an encouragement in my life and um she is um gonna be on the show talking about marriage she is in a different life stage than I am even though we're similar ages so it'll be great to have um her story on the on the podcast and talking about this specifically talking about getting married young um because um I'm gonna let Kelly introduce herself um why don't you share a little bit about you know, who you are, what you do, and kind of, you know, what life stage you're in. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, Yeah, so like um, Brenna was saying, my name's Kelly. I am an ultrasound technologist. So that's how um, Brenna and I know each other is because we work with a pregnancy um, nonprofit. So I do the ultrasound there, and I also work at a hospital where I do ultrasound. Um, And, yeah, I got married pretty young. I got married to my husband, Ben, at the age of 22, and I'm 24 now. So um, it's been a bit over a year that we got married, and yeah, that's kind of what we, um, why I felt the need to talk about this is because being married early is kind of a unique, um, unique thing to do. And um, yeah, me and my husband have been together since high school, so Mm. we've... um, dating we've been dating like together for like seven years now um some high school sweethearts I love it high school sweethearts (laughs) so so yeah yeah that's awesome um yeah so Kelly and I are the exact same age and have very different relationship statuses (laughs) but it's great you know diversity of perspective and experiences that's that's what we're all about here um yeah so thanks for the the intro Kelly um so let's kind of dive in. I, you had mentioned how it's kind of rare. And I was reading some articles yesterday, actually, about how most people are getting married now, whether in the Christian circles or secular circles, in their uh, late 20s. So they said for guys, it's about 29 and girls, maybe 27, a little younger. Um, I did have a little bit of experience. So like I said, in the first episode of my podcast, I went to Moody Bible Institute, which is jokingly referred to as Moody Bridal Institute, ring by spring, people getting married pretty quickly, pretty fast, different kind of culture, um, when it comes to marriage. So I felt like I was surrounded by people getting married kind of around that age of 21, 22, even 19, you know, some, some pretty young ages. So it didn't seem too, um, out of the ordinary. And then when I transferred to a secular school, realizing nobody's getting married and people are like living with their significant others and, um, you know, been dating someone for seven years and just a, the way that our culture dates versus in Christian circles is obviously very different. So I think that just to preface this plays a huge, huge role in, um, in it. And, you know, Kelly and I are both believers and 
see marriage as such a gift from the Lord, such a beautiful picture of the gospel. Um, and so this is in, you know, talking about the challenges of getting married young, this is in no way anti-marriage. This is, <laughs> this is a celebration of it. But yeah, just kind of talking about and hoping to, to anyone else who's get, gotten married young, or even just thinking about expectations versus reality of people thinking about getting married and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, just to preface a little, a little preface there. Um, all right, so let's kind of get into um, our first question here. So let's. I'm just going to ask the why question. So why did you get married so young? I'm sure there's people listening. It's like, oh my gosh, you're 22. You know, what, what would you say to that? Yeah, so I was thinking about this, and I actually asked my husband, Ben, why did you marry me so young? <laughs> and he he kind of said the same thing that I did. So I'll share kind of what we were both thinking. Um, we had been together, like I said, for several years prior. Yeah. And the whole time that we were dating, we were really checking ourselves with um, if who we are dating. So if I am dating my current husband— comparing our relationship and who he is to what I want in my future husband. So we always knew that marriage was our goal because we were constantly checking our relationship Mm. with what we want our marriage, our future marriage to be. So that's why like it was just our natural goal was to get married. The second reason is because of financial stability. So yeah, if we weren't financially stable and able to get married, we would not have gotten married at the age that we had. Um, but thankfully, um, for different reasons, Ben and I were both able to financially support ourselves and thankfully had good enough jobs that we yeah, could support ourselves and our marriage and not be relying on parents. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so those were the two main reasons why we were able to slash desired to get married that early. Yeah, because you, uh, that's that's another factor, I think, that comes into this of why people are getting married a little bit older is, yeah, like, you know, if you're going off to grad school or if you don't know what you want to do, like, I feel like maybe you you and your husband, Ben, were able to uh, kind of decide on your careers earlier on and kind of, um, um, and, you know, you know, get the education and then start, you know, getting your salary jobs and, you know, establishing that, which is great. But yeah, I definitely think that that plays a huge factor. And yeah, I was definitely reading some articles and having conversations with people about like the number, like one of the main reasons people do get divorced after they get married young is finances. Because I think like sometimes you can get so caught up in like that. I guess this is a good question of like, how do you... um maintain level-headed in making such a I mean it is a huge decision it's a big it's spending the rest of your life with somebody so it's like mm-hmm. sometimes like finding that balance of getting caught up in like young and in love and it's everything's gonna be magical versus like but this is also the reality of what I want I want a life partner I know that there's gonna be responsibility with this I know there's gonna be you know you're stepping into adulthood with another person mm-hmm. and uh figuring like continuing to to grow in who you are like which is a great thing but how did you sort of maintain that that balance or did you feel like you know that level-headedness or was it just like pure excitement of like marriage and you know all that? yeah there was definitely um I think it kind of plays into both both of our personality types. So I don't know if it was something I tried to do, Mm. but I'm an anxious person, Mm. as you know. (laughs) She's a six on the Enneagram. I am a six. (laughs) Um, 
And so anxiety fuels a lot of what I do. Also stability fuels a lot of what I do. Mm. So I can't just jump into anything with pure excitement. And that's like sad, but it helped in this situation Yeah, because I was able um, to just, to have to plan things out and have to make sure that where I go is going to be a stable situation. So um, yeah, like I was living at home prior to getting married and that was a very stable um, environment mm. for me. And so I needed to make sure that my next chapter in life was also stable. And then similar, well, similarly with my husband, he's not an anxious person mm. at all, but he is so level-headed mm. to the very point. logical, very, yes, yeah. he is an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> He's an engineer. So he is super logical, almost to the point where it bothers me a little bit sometimes <laughs> because I, I'm a bit more emotional than yeah. he is. And he, that's, um, but yes, yeah, so he is very logical. And so we were both able to keep generally a level head about it. I think if anything, I was the person who, yeah, just had a lot more like giddy excitement, but then my anxiety took, <laughs> took mm, over. Yeah. And, um, and that forced me to like be a planner and um, really think about, okay, what is marriage and how is that going to change my life? Mm-hmm. And specifically regarding finances, both of us were really, um, there, there was anxiety on both of our ends a little bit about, okay, what's our cost of living going to be? How much money are we making? Mm. And obviously COVID threw a wrench in um, how much money we were making a little bit, but um yeah, I my anxiety and his level headedness allowed us to to really be planning and not get caught up in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's something. Yeah, to for people to really think about and consider too when they're getting married is the realities of it. Because um, you've been married for a little over a year now. Mm-hmm. Got married during COVID. Had a mm-hmm. had a COVID wedding, um, which has its own kind of set of challenges. But yeah, can let's talk a little bit about expectations versus realities in marriage. I know you're still kind of. I mean, considered newlyweds and still figuring this whole thing out. But initially within the first year of marriage, which I've heard can be some of the most challenging because a huge, I mean, it's a huge life adjustment. Like mm-hmm. you're living with this person now, you're, you're, you know, joint account, you know, accounts, you, if you have a mortgage, whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what are, what are some of those um, expectations that you had? And then the realities that have been existing within marriage that, I mean, this podcast is about the hard spaces, so Mm -hmm. feel free to be as honest, you know, (laughs) as you feel comfortable. Yeah. So expectations versus reality. Mm -hmm. I would say one expectation that was very different than reality was um, how much more communication was needed. Because I always thought that me and my husband, Ben, prior to getting married, I was like, we are so good at communicating. We know everything. We know each other's thoughts. We don't even need to talk about it. No, that's not what it was. Because as we were living together, um, and this might not even be specific to people getting married, but I think definitely if you're living in the same space with someone, so even people living together outside of marriage, I think they'll relate to this as well in the sense that you guys just, you think you know each other super, super well, and you do, but um, there are different habits, um, different expectations of each other that you guys need to learn and communicate with each other. For instance, I didn't realize in myself how much 
when I got home after a long day of work, how much I needed to not be touched, to not be spoken to, to just give me like 30 minutes to like wash my face and change into my comfy clothes and how irritated I can get um, with Ben if he if he tries to like get in my space in that like first half hour. Like I just need time to like debrief. Um, so that's something that I noticed in myself that I, whether I communicated it well or he just figured it out because I got grumpy when he tried. (laughs) So that communication, um, had to happen for him to realize like a boundary that I needed. And similarly, similarly for him, I had the expectation that he and I, when we were home together, that we would spend quality time together all the time yeah inseparable inseparable that's what I would love (laughs) but Ben's not like that he needs his own time he's a guitar player so he loves focusing on his music whether that's the writing of music or making the music and so he needs that time and even though he's more flexible than I am when it comes to how much time he needs if he doesn't get that time to himself he starts to shut down and he he just doesn't, when we are together, it doesn't relate to me as well. Was that hard for you to initially adjust to? Because I know somebody, who, my love language is quality time. And for somebody to not want to give me time can feel very like, you don't love me or you don't want, you know, like how did you adjust to like specifically that example? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I felt. It was like, you love guitar more than me. <laughs> and that wasn't, that obviously wasn't the case. I think how I dealt with that was focusing on my own things. So I love to bake and I like, this sounds really lame, but I like organizing things and making the house look nice and watching like dumb reality TV and and stuff that just for me, I needed to own. And so when he wanted his alone time, I was able to enjoy my alone time doing other things. Um, And then eventually, honestly, after being together for over a year now, like living together, I am totally fine having alone time. Like you you eventually, like the novelty of being newlywed kind of just goes away and you're like, yeah, let's, (laughs) let's, you stay over there and I'll, I'll be in here. When did that novelty kind of wear off a little bit? I would say maybe like six months, Mm -hmm. six months, Mm -hmm. because yeah, yeah, I would say six months because what happened was um, with COVID, you know, he was working from home. Mm -hmm. I wasn't working as much. So that summer, so those few months after getting married, we really spent a lot of time together and it was so fun and new. And then once I started working some more, like in the fall and winter, and he started going into the office a bit more, I think we got used to being apart a bit more, mm-hmm. like in a, a normal married couple way, like pre-COVID mm-hmm. kind of way where mm-hmm. you both go to work and do your own thing. Right. So I think that's what kind of helped us like um, not be joined at the hip anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something that I've realized... Um, even in this past week has come to mind after our like conversations was no guy is going to be perfectly mature and perfectly um, a leader and all these things. They have to be a 
a good amount naturally on their own. But something I've noticed um, in my relationship is that if I'm noticing that Ben's lacking in some area, I've, I point it out to him and he is gracious enough to accept my, I, for lack of a better word, critiques <laughs> and um, and try to, to fill that need that I'm asking of him. So yeah, when you were saying, yeah, Ben doesn't stop pursuing you. Well, sometimes he doesn't pursue me well enough. Mm. And I tell him, I'm like, I feel like I'm the one initiating things or I'm the one who's who's um, planning things or wanting to spend like one-on-one time or I'm always the one who comes to cuddle you. Mm. And he's like, well, that's not true. And then he thinks about it for a little and he's like, oh, I guess so. Yeah, and I think that's so important is to have somebody in your life who doesn't get defensive when you point out those things. Because I think honest communication is obviously key for any relationship, especially in marriage of they're going to be, yeah, like you, I'm sure you're not sitting there like, it's not an an accusatory manner. It's more of just like, hey, I need this from you for us to grow together. And for him to like accept that and acknowledge that and to step into that and to step it up, I think is like, a great quality to have in a life partner. And I think that's so key because I think that can cause a lot of arguments and challenges within marriage. But let's talk, speaking of arguments, let's talk a little bit about that. What have what have been some of kind of like the, I mean, obviously, you know, this is your personal relationship. You feel free to, you know, say as much or as little as you want, but just, yeah, what have, what have you noticed of like, man, like, this has been a point of contention for us or yeah. I mean, it could be even little things too. of like doing the dishes or, you know, stuff like that where you're like, what the heck, why are we always fighting about this? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I have so many. I'm just, <laughs> well, t- today I literally, before I left to come here, I was like, Ben, make sure that you do the laundry so he can wash my scrubs for the hospital and then do grocery shopping because you're not coming with me. So you have to do this while I'm gone. Yeah. So to just be kind of more lighthearted for um, for one thing, it's honestly household stuff. Really? Yeah. He, um, I, I work like over 40 hours a week and he works the typical like nine to five. Mm-hmm. So I work more than he does. And what I've noticed, and he fully will acknowledge this, is that... Um, he, I'm in most areas of like housekeeping. I'm the one who naturally wants to get stuff cleaned. He's really good at doing dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, he doesn't do anything without being asked. And so that's like, just like a point of bickering. That yeah. we, it's just like stupid bickering that yeah. we do. Um, that I think will always. It'll be there. I think it'll always be there, but it's never been like a genuine argument, you know? And I think that just, it comes from being, from being roomies. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that's just um, like a more, how shall I put it? Like an administrative aspect of marriage is like, okay, we, we have a space and we need to get it cleaned and we need food. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so that's been like a more lighthearted area of bickering where I'm just like, why am I doing all the housework? And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll help. <laughs> so, but he's honestly, since I've been working a lot more, he has stepped it up and does cooking and oh. um, grocery shopping and laundry and yeah. stuff like that. So he's been really helpful. But that's like an area 
of, of bickering. And I would say another thing that, um, this was kind of a expectations versus reality thing yeah. was just time together. Like I really, um, if I'm not getting enough time from him, I do get pretty grumpy about it. And sometimes I'll kind of not lash out, lash out's very severe sounding, but I will firmly say how I'm feeling maybe not in the kindest way because mm-hmm. I'm feeling neglected. Mm-hmm. And that's when it comes into like Ben stepping up and pursuing me. Um, and I think that comes from his just like really chill nature, whereas I'm not chill. So mm-hmm. I think we fit Balance it out. Me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. He's, he's like a saint in comparison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. One thing I want to get into and um, is about, let's talk about sex specifically in marriage. And that can come with its own set of challenges. Um, And I think we sort of talked about this uh, briefly of the danger of getting, making sure your intentions are correct and getting married young of, especially in Christian circles of saving it for marriage, the danger of getting married young because you can't contain yourself and you just want to have sex and that being like a foundation. Um, was that something you struggled with or what kind of advice would you give to people who are struggling with that and kind of moving into once you get married, the the challenge that exists of sex in marriage starting out? Right. Yeah. So um, like Brenna was saying, with the, in the Christian circles, it's very, it's not it's it's common and very accepted to not have sex before marriage. And that's what um, my husband and I chose to do. We chose to wait to have sex until we got married. Um, and yeah, that did come with its own challenges because again, in the Christian circles, we aim to not have sex, not have sex, not have sex. And then when we get married, then we can have all the sex, but you don't know how to have sex. Mm. She said it here, folks. You heard it here. <laughs> well, I mean, yes. No, technically, you know how to have sex, or you should. But, like, <laughs> you know, the actual practice of it comes with its own issues. So the reason why I want to, like, emphasize to people, yeah, don't get married young just because you can't not have sex mm. is because, A, I would say it's very common for sex not to be great when you first start was that really quick? I don't want to interrupt you, but was that a hard reality for you to accept at first? Of like, oh my gosh, it's gonna like because that's the whole thing. And and Martine and I talked about this a couple episodes back of like, gotta test the car before you buy it, kind of thing. And then it's like if you buy the car and it's broken, you know, whatever. It's like that whole. Like, I mean, I think the whole comparison is ridiculous in my opinion, but comparing somebody to a car. But like, I mean, I've heard Tim Keller talk about too. Like, well, you have the rest of your life to get better and figure it out, and. And stuff, but yeah, but like for you personally, was that like a challenge of like, oh my gosh, I thought it was going to be this like, like right away it was going to be this like amazing thing. And did it affect like your relationship at all and your expectation of marriage? Yeah. So it definitely, I didn't think that it would be like the best thing right off the bat. I was trying to be realistic about it, but what I didn't realize was how for me personally, it was difficult to get to the point where it was enjoyable. Mm. So that did play a role in, in 
are yet in our relationship. Like we had to like take a step back and yeah. So to get to the place where it was enjoyable, we really had to just take it as an experience to grow together instead of something that we had to do, had to get better at instead, just like enjoy the process of it. And so that's one reason why I think people definitely should not get married just to have sex. And then the other thing is going from the newness of it, but now we're, I'm going to the oldness of it. So, I mean, let's be honest, assuming we're married for like 70 years, which would be awesome. We're going to be in our nineties. Mm. That's we're, I, I don't know any person in their 90s who's writing sex. Yeah. Um, and if they are, good for them. But I, you know, you can't, sex is going to fade. People are going to get old and wrinkly. And it's, it's, it, sex is not everything. Yeah. So that's the main reason why I feel like people should not get, have, should not be getting married solely to have sex. That was not my experience, though. The reason why I got married so early not because of sex um we really I mean sex played a role in it because if I'm being honest like because we weren't having sex before marriage we weren't moving in together we weren't planning for a family we weren't going on like trips with just him and me you know all those things relate to having sex together but it's not the reason why we got married so the reason why we got married was to progress our relationship further so we could move it together so we could start a family and have all these different experiences and yeah sex is tied into that but not the sole reason so yeah. that's what i would say is if you can't control if you can't control yourself i feel like it's more damaging mm. to get married for not a great reason mm. and a more superficial reason I think it's a lot more damaging to get married for that reason than just to have sex before marriage, in my opinion. No, I I think I agree too, because it's that danger of what is the foundation of marriage? Is the foundation sex or is it God? And I think when people make that the priority of their heart, they are, one, going to be disappointed because sex is not God, like our culture tries to to make people feel. Um, And if sex was super satisfying and God— then we wouldn't be obsessed with it like we are as a culture. And I feel like we're we're wanting more and more and more. And I mean, you see this with all the, the perversions of sex, right? But, you know, making it this idol in your life. And then I think you leave room for having a consumeristic mentality of sex within marriage, especially young, because you can... I remember reading in one of the books uh, that I talk about on my podcast with Martine about the theology of the body is you still need to value that person and their soul. And it's like, you can't um, like lust after your spouse, if that makes sense. Like in seeing, because I think, we, oh, we're married, whatever. And it's like, no, there's still this, um, this uh, relationship aspect that you need to acknowledge. And it's not just like, okay, all of my lust is going to go away now. All my sin is going to go away now. Now I can have sex within marriage and it's going to like solve all your problems sexually. And I think, yeah, just like having in like, I don't know if you guys did like pre-counseling and like or premarital counseling and like having people in your life in those seasons of singleness 
And if you're getting close to marriage or you're in that season of, you know, you know, you're dating for marriage is to, to build those foundations now. So when you get to the point of marriage and you realize, oh, well, like sex isn't everything. It isn't the foundation. You're going to enjoy it more. You are going to be more fulfilled because you are designed to be satisfied by the Lord and not by a gift that he's given us. The gift is an act to worship the Lord and to honor him and what he's, what he is uh, revealing to us through that gift of sex. But that's just something I want to remind people and encourage people and something I'm, I'm preaching to myself right now in all honesty of like building those healthy mentality and standard now, because it's not like, I mean, I'm sure you can speak to this. It's like, it's not, you know, all your problems don't go away. It's not gonna, it's not gonna, you know, rushing into a marriage is not going to, just because you feel satisfied sexually is not going to to help you in the rest of your life and, you know, whatever the mentality is, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, if your heart's not in the right place, marriage isn't going to solve anything. Mm. You know, marriage, yeah, what you were saying, marriage does not solve any problems, whether that's sexually, whether that's emotionally or whatever. Like, all your problems that you have before marriage are still going to be there. And just because, like, God says you can have sex now doesn't mean that you're still not sinning sexually in a different way. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, I think that's so important for people to be thinking about because I know I have a lot of people listening to the podcast who are in single stages and might not think that this podcast applies to them of a podcast called Getting Married Young. It's like, well, I'm already, you know, you know. But yeah, there are there are things to to think about and, and to to prepare your heart for if, you know, God has marriage in store for you. So I think like with that is like with the expectation and reality and sex can come this idea of like putting a lot of weight on somebody to solve all of your problems. Almost like this person is going, like you were saying, can be my savior emotionally, physically, sexually, whatever it is. Um, Did you find yourself struggling at all with that? Uh, Was it a challenge at all for you to you know, step into marriage young and be like, okay, like now this part of my life is going to be solved or this, you know, like what was kind of like the, the, were there any challenges that existed within that of trying to, I mean, I know you said you're a very anxious, realistic person, but was there any part of you that was like, okay, like, I don't know, like not that Ben, you thought Ben was your savior by any means, but was there a struggle to find, to put too much hope into marriage, getting married young? Right. I did feel that way a little bit when it came specifically to, um, for lack of a better term, body positivity. So I was Mm. like, okay, if I'm having sex and there's someone who loves me and loves all of me, then my confidence must be like crazy high after that. And no, Mm. my, my, uh, like I said, all those problems that you have before, whether that's, yeah, physical Mm. or emotional or mental or spiritual, all those problems remain. So I wasn't necessarily looking to Ben to be my, for lack of a better term, savior Mm. in that sense, but I really expected my personal confidence to be boosted and having someone who just knew me entirely. Um, And no, that didn't change. I didn't become this like whole new person because I got married. That's just not how it works. Yeah. It's like, it's like that whole idea of 
yeah, like who defines you? Where's your identity? And I think there can be a danger sometimes of getting very young of like, oh yeah, like like you're saying, like I'm fully loved by this person. They accept me. Everything's gonna be fine. Like I'm going to see myself through their eyes. And there's song, I mean, there's songs about that. Like, you know, too, like I was listening to this song. I'm a big fan of Ariana Grande. And she was, her song Point of View, when she's basically saying like, I want to see myself the way you see me, which is, which is the sentiment is sweet of like, oh, like they love me. I want to, I want to see myself that way. But it's like, you need to see yourself the way that the Lord sees you and how precious you are to him and just encouraging. And I think, I don't know, just speaking for women, I don't know guys' perspective on this, but yeah, I think you find constantly turning to the one who, who defines you as a child of God versus like, yes, you're a wife, you're a daughter, you're a sibling, you are all these things, but your main calling to walk with God and define your identity with him is something that carries through even when you get married young. And I think Kelly's a living testament to that of like, you know, still when you struggle with whatever, like you were saying, like with body image and stuff of like realizing like, yeah, turning to men isn't going to solve that. Like I, I literally have, I have to go to what God says about me, what his word says about me, you know, rem- reminding yourself of that it doesn't go away because you have a husband now. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> so that's what we're going to say about that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Kelly, so much for taking the time to share about your uh, life experiences and challenges and joys of marriage young. Um, and thank you everybody for taking the time to listen. So I'd love to engage with you all. So please follow my Instagram page at soul underscore things underscore podcast, or you can be old school. Shoot me an email at soul things podcast at gmail.com. On my Instagram page, I'll be sharing encouraging information, some insight into upcoming podcasts and taking some polls. So we just love to chat with everyone. Um, and thank you so much for joining me on this journey through navigating your 20s. So remember, even in the hard spaces, His grace abounds. See you next week. Bye.